This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Thank you for downloading the Homestead Radio podcast. So we're going to, before we get a chance to hear this wonderful show, we're going to have a quick chat about one of the topics that we missed uh, throughout the course of the show. And then we'll be ending the introduction with a... with a joke from Mr. Nicholas Gillard. So, first of all, Nicholas Philpotts. Uh, you get introduced later in the, sh- in the show, so I better actually reference the fact that this is the first time people will hear me reference you. So you, uh, you've you done the, the preview podcast, but this is your first review show. Um, so that, that's who you are. And what was your topic? My topic was the amount of yellow cards. Uh, the Everton game on Friday night, there was nine yellow cards dished out by John Moss. John Moss. He's, um, I can't believe he dished out so many. Uh, apparently, that's the largest amount so far in a Premier League game so far this season. Uh, the first one was uh, for Oviedo for Everton on the 15th minute for a foul on Wilf. Uh, the next one was uh, on 25 minutes. Punch got uh, a yellow card for descent. following that's a three in a row? That is three in a row, yeah. Sorry, so that's Punch's third card in a row. Yeah, but he's uh, but he'll get he'll get fined for that one. That followed a, a ch- the challenge uh, by MacArthur on Lukaku. Tomkins got booked also for dissent in the forty fifth minute. Uh, he'll get a fine. So they're un- two unnecessary ones there. In the fifty third minute, Ben Teke got booked. Even on the TV broadcast, they had no idea why, but he did. Uh, I presume I, I worked out that I think that was probably for dissent as well. So that could be three dissent bookings. 67th minute, Barry Gareth Barry got uh, a yellow for blocking Townsend. 77th minute, uh, Guy got booked for another challenge on Townsend. Uh, the worst one of the night was Yannick Balassi on 88th minute. Okay, for a, a awful challenge on Joel yeah, Ward. Okay, that's it. a potential leg breaker in my opinion. And in the 93rd minute, uh, cleverly got booked for a challenge on Wilf as well. So you know, I was a little bit. I, I mean, did I go to a war zone on Friday night? Because I. <laughs> Because I didn't think I did put quite honestly. No, look, it, it wasn't it wasn't anywhere near a nine yellow card kind of game, was it? You know, no. you've picked out you've picked out the one foul. And we, we should talk about that, um, I, I guess, a little bit. I mean, I, you know, I could all the Everton free kick, uh, yellow cards were absolutely fine. To be honest with you, they were all the correct decision. 
seriously, on, on a serious note, I, it was it was ridiculous. It was he was very very card happy. You know, I wonder. You know, do those fines that you're talking about are they to the FA because it's dissent? No, it's or, a, they're managers' no, fines. Oh, the managers' fines. Okay, I was just checking that in case it was another scheme. Uh, <laughs> they still don't you if you get a card. I think you still have to pay to the FA for getting a card, yellow card and red card. You still have to pay. Money goes to the we, FA. We better check that because you know, on a start, uh, start any un, untruth. And can I quickly jump in? Um, Why not? With the uh, the new rules, there's lots of change. Lots of things have changed uh, in the start of the season. The the same things that you're talking about that the referee has to give a yellow card because they're really strict on the refs nowadays. Uh, their fate because they've added a new rule where. No, they don't want no one to approach the referee because when they approach the referee, the referee feels under pressure. So the referee did do a correct decision by giving them yellow cards. So do you, you, know, do you think that, that. That, that that was any okay, okay? Fair enough if he's interpreting the rules directly. But we go to this consistency argument again, don't we? Where why aren't there nine yellow cards in every game? Because I don't think that as the point that that Nick was making is that that game was it wasn't that kind of game. You know, we might have had a comment here and there, but this is where it gets stupid. And I'm sure, you know, I'm sure. You, well, I hope you, you'll see the point I'm making. In that, when you're, when you're, even when you're playing football down the park with your mates or whatever, you, you know, you're pumped up. You're, there's adrenaline flowing. You know, it's a competitive yeah. sport. You can't expect players to switch off emotions when a decision goes against them that's borderline. You can't expect them to go. Oh, fair enough, referee. Shake his hand, <laughs> buy him a box of chocolates and some flowers. You can't, you know what I mean? You can't. It's gonna, you're going to fire off a comment. So it's very, very difficult to uh, to try and change people it. that way. Have you ever yeah. seen a referee change his mind, ever? Oh, no, they don't. No, that's not what it's about, is it? It's just, it, no. you know, well, I've never I've never had a go at a, a, a ref and thought they're going to change their mind. I've had a go at a ref because they're, you know... <laughs> I swear there again. Go on. I but, thought Mikey was going to get sent off in our five-a-side game for wearing glasses, and you as well, weren't you? Before you didn't kick the ball. It was it was me who became, shall we say, slightly uh, aggressive and irate. Yes, yes. But you know, Chris, <laughs> can, can I jump in on your? Well, why not? You do it again. Do it again. Uh, I know where you, I see where you're coming from, but this is. This is one thing the players have to get used to because I see where their fate included is. But last season, Chelsea do love this. They love as a team to run at the referee and put him under pressure. And when you put someone under pressure, forget about if it's the Premier League, if it's the Championship. He's still a human being, and their fate done it correctly. And they need to be. Yeah, I see where we're coming from. Everyone's not consistent about it, but it's still new. It's six or seven games being played, and we. They're still trying to implement the rule and try and make everyone strict about it. So it will take a bit of time, but it's a great All decision right. by FA. Okay, to, to counter that, uh, when they brought the rule in about taking your shirt off while celebrating, you know, yeah. every, every, it, was, it was very similar argument. Everyone's going, well, unfortunately, it's uh, it's a heat of the moment reaction. It's, it's you know, it's actually, I can't remember some scientists were saying it's kind of like, it's, 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 it's an <laughs> inbuilt instinct. Yeah, that's it, it's instinctual. And people still do it. <laughs> you can, know, you get, can you get around that by pulling your shorts down instead? <laughs> <laughs> not taking your shirt off, is it? I'm not sure. The I'm fit- going to bring you uh, back, Mr. Philpott. No, I was just um, going to say that um, what worried me about the show was, oh, and was uh, that twice DR tonight has uh, quoted the rule book at me. What have you been eating for dinner tonight, DR? Have you been eating the, <laughs> the rule book? 
I've just, I've just, <laughs> been doing no, research. I've, yeah, I've been doing my research. But so I, like, I like the fact that four of the rules started with the word okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. Uh, <laughs> they're going to have to listen now, aren't they? Can what we, my crap joke? Uh, no, not quite yet. Can we very, okay. very quickly talk about um, Balassi? Uh, in general, and well, we'll start with the challenge and then we'll talk about his general performance as well. So, um, the the challenge was a was a terrible one, but I it felt was clumsy, not terrible. Yeah, I, I don't think there was malice in that, and, and I do think he was getting Nick Nick P. You you know you, you're at Goodison. He was getting stick all game, which I was really surprised about. What, what's your views? I was more concerned about, uh, and I didn't see it, but the alleged, and I'll repeat, alleged uh, gesture to the Palace fans. Um, from what I understand, as the players came out to warm up, uh, he came over and clapped the Palace fans. But um, he's he sent a, a rude gesture, if you like, towards the Palace fans. And I think that's probably answers why he got so much stick during the game. Um, that was before before any stick to him, or was he reacting to something someone had shouted? No, if you, I, I mean, I did, I did actually see him uh, also gesticulating to the Everton fans, trying to lift them. But from what I've read on on all the message boards today and yesterday, he was literally just before he messaged to the Everton fans to lift their game, it actually turned to the Palace fans with the circular finger and thumb movement, if you like. Okay, uh, that, But as for, as for his performance, I thought actually he had a good game. I was intrigued in the first few minutes as to where he was actually playing because there was one point when they were on a, attacking us that he was actually running across our back line, literally from one side of the pitch to the other. Um, I think he had an okay game. He was really up for it. You could tell he was really up for it. Was he effective? This is Yannick Balassi we're talking about. Probably not. Okay, well, you're nailing your colours to the mast there. Your views <laughs> on Yannick. Um, I like, you know, I, you know, I, we've got to, um, you know, don't sort of drag this on too long, but I, I thought it was a typical Yannick game. Yep. I thought he had moments of where he looked a real threat, and you know, obviously there was the chance he created, uh, which Kelly blocked in the end, where you know, and he had a, he had an overhead kick as well, which kind of, yeah, okay, great. But generally speaking, he was kept very, very quiet uh, yeah. by Warden. And again, when he drifted central, I think obviously we know his game. The, the players know his game. But I, what, and I couldn't help myself thinking it, and I kind of feel bad for thinking it. Um, when, when we when in the first sort of 20, 25 minutes when we were struggling quite badly, and he was playing very, very well, I kept thinking to myself, Come on, Yannick! If you were this motivated in the FA Cup final, we wouldn't be sitting here never wanting to watch that game again. You know what? What you know? The difference in energy between that and his last few performances for Palace, I found very, very hard to stomach. And I feel I feel bad for that because I don't ever think he didn't try, but it kind of he maybe he got stale. I don't know, Mr. Gussett, yours? Yeah, I was. I found it very amusing. Quite a few people were upset at the um, "You're just a crap, Wilfred Zaha chant," yeah. and that's just banter. That's not yeah. ma- uh, malicious. Yeah, I don't um, But then the booze, I, I don't know, because he did do a lot for us. And I did enjoy watching him play. But he's not one of us anymore, so he can piss off. Hey, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, Yeah, on Yannick, uh, I liked him as a player. But after he came back from his injury, you could tell that uh, last season, you could tell that he wasn't focused on Palace. For that reason, um, uh, I'm not really... I, I've, it's come to a point where I'm starting to hate him 
because <laughs> the, <laughs> the, no, but listen to me. But he oh, just oh, yeah, yeah. If you're going to leave the club, if you're going to leave the club, you should still put 100 percent effort. What was who was Yannick Bolasie before he came to Palace? Who was Yannick Bolasie? In my I see as this, we made Yannick Bolasie the play he is right now, and that's the reason why he went to Everton. If he was, if he's not at Palace, if we didn't get Yannick, he Everton 100 percent no, he we wouldn't I, go there. I can so, see some real fan mail coming in for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, people would dislike me about this, but his no, attitude, think... his attitude in the second half of the season after he came back from injury was poor, and his last game uh, against West Brom, he didn't. He didn't properly gesture. He just did. He, you could see he didn't care. He didn't say bye to the fans. He acted like a player that DR, just came for. Dr. 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 Look, look on the yeah. bright side. Twenty-five million <laughs> for the bloke that we paid yeah. about hundred thousand for, or whatever it yeah, was. Yeah, that's, great bit of business. Tada, Yala. Yeah, that's that's I find, brilliant. Also happy. Agreeing with you, Dr. I do in in a lot of ways. No, I don't feel hatred for him, and I really do respect what he did at Palace. But yeah, we were a huge reason that he's got to where he's got as, as a club and as you know the support he got from our fans as well he shouldn't shouldn't forget that and I'm sure in a lot of ways he doesn't and I can kind of understand why you want to be 100% behind your new club and you know and that, that you've moved on and what have you but no you're, you're right it's you know there's there's definitely a bit of animosity there and, they, and there yeah. probably should be that's what football's about isn't it you know you, you I, can you, you have to be able to wave goodbye to those players and change change the wave to a certain other gesture when you next yeah. see them it's it's just it's just not the fact that he's uh, at his new team and he's cheering on the home fans and that. It's just the fact that the way he left us, it was such a disappointment because I couldn't stand with Balas in the second half of the season. I was just like benching, but Pardew just decided to keep playing him. And West Brom game, I just he what was he just clapped he just clapped five seconds and that was his goodbye and then on instagram he put like a generic message which he probably didn't write and that a team uh, uh which his personal assistant did he put oh i'm sorry oh bye bye crystal Palace fans oh thank you for everything look what yeah that done that's what he should have done because he, oh, I just I'm gonna compare stop. it. Compare it to yeah. you say you compare it to Jednab, but compare it to Wilf as well. When Wilf left, exactly. Compare it on a lap of the pitch with a specially made yeah. T-shirt with genuine <laughs> emotion in his eyes about you know. Yeah, with Lemick, yeah. it comes to it comes to a point where I just think, oh Everton money. Let me just run to it. He just forget. As soon as the money came in, who was Crystal Palace? No, nothing. That's what well, disappointed me. I, I understand other points of view. Personally, you know, I still. I still got a lot of time for him and, and what he did at Palace, and I do, I do actually want him to be successful away from away, away from Palace. But let's see if I still feel that way by the end of the season. I, I, I'm I, quite I, changeable. I've never picked him for me and found your team. Have you not? Have you not? You know, no, no, I just haven't got the confidence. You'll there be you worse. go. Anyway, that's quite enough for that. Well, it's a great deal of extra content for you, podcast downloaders. You want a bad joke? It's bad joke time before we uh, let you listen to the main show, and then we'll be back for the outro. Off we go, Nick. I saw loads of Chinese bears fighting down the ice street. Pandemonium. (laughs) 
Let's talk about the next generation of fantasy football at FanDuel. You select a team of Premier League players for a single day's fixtures. That means you're not locked in for the whole season. You can play, watch and win in one day. When your players nail it on the pitch, you rack up points and jump up the real money leaderboard. FanDuel's scoring system uses Opta stats to reflect every player's true on-field contribution. So, outscore your opponents and win cash for your football expertise. Every Premier League match day with FanDuel and just for Homestale radio listeners we've got an extra special offer right now when you sign up use the promo code PALACE that means if you don't make money in your first contest FanDuel will refund your entry fee up to £10 so go to FanDuel.co.uk and use the promo code PALACE to grab the offer now what are you waiting for? terms apply over 18s only please play responsibly Hello and welcome to Homestay Radio. My name is Chris Hambling and tonight I'll be your host as we look back on Friday night's game. We saw Palace make it five league games without defeat, drawing 1-1 at Goodison Park against Ronald Koeman's high-flying Everton. In a game full of controversial moments, Romelu Lukaku smashed home a hotly disputed free kick to give the Toffees the lead before Palace's own lethal Belgian striker, Christian Benteke, scored a glorious header to equalise. A disallowed goal and a dominant second half left Pardew's men satisfied with a point, but rueful it wasn't two more. We'll have our views on the game, but make sure you get in touch with yours. You can contact, go to holradio.net forward slash contact, tweet us at holradio, or head to the chat room. That's holradio.net forward slash chat. We'll get on with the show after this short message. Homesdale Radio, sponsored by fanjewel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. Fast. I feel like I've had too strong a coffee just before we started. Mm. Just mean it. I mean, I'm impressed, Chris, because it used to take you 45 minutes to do those openings, to write them, and you did it in about um, eight minutes today, and you can tell. <laughs> oh, cheers for that. I better introduce the panel before we go any further. Uh, we have, oh, here we have. Well, that first voice you heard was, of course, the, the voice of Nicholas Gillard, who was, re- well, renamed Mick by Justin Lee Collins earlier on this week. Yeah, and you, you did all you could to uh, correct him, didn't you, Chris? I did. I repeatedly said Nick, but he decided he was going to correct me, <laughs> even though I knew you. Um, any reference, if you're not aware of that reference, uh, myself, Terence and Albert were on fan TV um, on Thursday night. Uh, Nick Skyped in to uh, give his views as well, but was referred to by Justin e. Collins as Mick throughout, which, let's face it, was pretty funny, wasn't it? And also, you were a bit monosyllabic in your responses to him, um, as, as well that? as... Yeah, plus you were, operate, you were operating shaky cam, which did make it look like you were up to no good. I was on my phone. Um, I haven't actually watched it back, so... Um... You should! You should. Where, where, where can we watch it back, Chris, if you want? Oh, um, <laughs> hopefully Mikey would have put it on. Is it wholeradio.net forward slash live TV? Yeah, it is actually, it is that, yeah. yeah. I don't know how you remember these things. Well done, mate. It's in my bookmarks up there. Oh, we'll get it in your bookmarks as well, listeners. Anyway, Nick, Mick, whatever your name is, uh, it's yes. not just about you. We also have Mr. Dr. Kernaz. Hello. Hello. The voice of the Ute, as you are uh, to be known, of course. Yes. Um, you're teaching us all about grime this week, aren't you? Yeah. Showing you, telling you how grime is one of the best uh, music out there. Yeah, and I've heard that you can use bear, which I would describe as another word for naked, in a different context as well. You're explaining that to us. It also means something else, right? 
yeah, bear means a lot. It can mean a lot, but that's not grime music. That's just stereotypical that it's you just... associate with it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, just saying, you know. But we're learning a lot from Dr. And uh, obviously, he's he's there for the younger members of uh, of the whole radio listenership. But you you olden's can learn a lot from him as well, even if he is quite impetuous, as the youth often are. Youth. Well, I'll be looking forward to your opinions. Sorry, youth. Oh, see, he's correcting me already. Damn it. Anyway, and uh, from one extreme to the other, we've also got well, his first uh, his first appearance on the review show. It was on the preview show um, before the Everton game, and a lot of good feedback for you. It's Mr. Nick Philpott. Good evening, guys. How are you doing? Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. So if, we, if DR is for the younger generation, does that make me for the older generation? Absolutely, absolutely. So if you can be a bit of a curmudgeon, uh, but you've got to out-old Nick, which is going to be... Hang on, your Nick. Oh, this is going to get complicated. <laughs> so, yeah, what we're going to we're going to try our best to refer to to Nick P as young Nick, even though he is older than old Nick, which is going to get complicated. But let's see how it goes. We've also got the option of calling Nick Nick Gillard Mick. I don't know. Well, we'll see what. Just call me Gussie. All right, Gussie, it is. Glad we've established that, gents. Anyway, um, coming up, we'll be reviewing the Everton match in detail. But uh, before before we do that, we spoke to uh, listener Ben Fleury earlier on, just to get a little taster of the discussion that we're about to have. So here's Ben's views, and we'll be right back. We're joined by listener Ben Fleury. Hello, Ben. Hello. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. So uh, just a couple of uh, discussion points, really, on the, the draw against Everton. First of all, it was a, it was a great result performance, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Because um, beforehand, I, I did expect us to... Uh, um, lose um, within at least two goals because of the amount of effort that Everton have made this summer through men and players. But as you quite rightly said, we I think it was a overall a, a satisfying draw. You were surprised that um, how well the defence handled things, especially with Lukaku. Okay, he got the goal, but you know it wasn't from open play. Um, considering we've got Scott Dan missing, was that something that surprised you? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, uh, I was I was generally play. Uh, Pleased in a way, I guess you could describe it with how um, uh, I thought that Ward um, defended because a lot, a lot of the times in in the last few months, um, I've been a little bit critical of him. I feel like he's not the defender that he was, but actually he he stepped up the mark. Um, Tompkins and Delaney worked brilliant together, and Martin Kelly. I'm glad now that he um, is you know, playing in the squad a lot more now. I mean, I know we can say about Suarez and so forth, and don't do, but I think that all four. Uh, well, I just think they, they all gelled, gelled well together um, yeah, and uh, made great team effort, particularly that uh, they didn't, you know, concede more than one goal. Yeah, I think it's interesting you pick out Ward because a lot of people are saying that as his, his best game in a long while. We, we'll be talking about it in there. OK, finally, the um, point sort of leading us into to our sort of opening discussion, if you like, is um, given how we've performed and how we've done in the last, the last few games and the pressure that Pardew was under, do you think it's time for us to, to give proper credit for Pardew and what, what he's changed the team into? Or do you think it's a bit too early? No, I think it's unequivocal that we should de- definitely give him the credit that he has because from his first hour, uh, straight sorry, straight back in the office after the FA Cup, he demanded which, which every single one of us would have done, which is say, right, I need to get, you know, give me all this money. I need to buy these players. Some need to go. There's got to be a hell of a lot of changes. Tactics need to change. He did that in an instant because straight away papers were reporting 
sooner than what we would have thought about players potentially coming to us. Of course, some of them did, some of them didn't. Um, and a lot different to last year because, um, as I said, we've, well, we've got, I think, not all areas, but definitely some cover-up in case player A gets injured and we've got player B back, back in. But again, this was the first half, but there's got to be work done in January, but that's for another time or another topic. But with the players that we've got and how the tactics have changed, it's definitely, I think, definitely, yeah, you've you got to give credit to him without a doubt. I was sceptical of myself and I hated myself being it because I really wanted to back Pardew um, all the way. But then once Benteke was brought in, uh, in instantly the, the team changed and uh, it's worked within the last five games. So we're happy for now, but really it's just the waiting game just to see how it goes up till Christmas. Well, there we go. Ben firmly in the let's give credit to Pardew camp and we'll see... Uh, how the other guys feel about that? Well, right now. Cheers, Ben. Thanks for your time. Well, there we go, gents. Um, I want to start us there. Obviously, we'll get into talking about the the detail of the game, all the controversial moments and all that kind of stuff and performances in, in just a while. But in a general sense, we, we're now five games unbeaten in the league and not just five games unbeaten. We've been playing some really good stuff. I think pretty much from the second half against Bournemouth, we can we can pretty much say that you know, we've been the better side for the majority of our, our games. I think that's probably, well, that's my view. Um, and I thought, oh, after watching the Everton game, I just thought, Pardew's got to get some credit, given how much stick he was getting. And, you know, rightly so, for, for the period, you know, the, the round of form we had in 2016, it was really, really hard to watch, you know. But he's t- he told us what he was going to do. He told us the changes he was going to make, and it would take time for that to bid in. But obviously, accepting that we didn't have huge amounts of time. But, you know, he, he's told us what it was going to be like, and it's it's turned out it's true. Or is it too early? Uh, ask you, Nick P, if I may. Um, what, what's your views on that? Am I am I praising Pardew too early, or does he deserve proper credit for for this run of of, of good results? I think he needs all the credit in the world. If you look at the irony, it was about four or five weeks ago he was one of the favourite managers in the Premier League to be sacked. Now he's, I think, second favourite for the England job. How how things change. I mean, you've got to give him credit for getting a lot of the summer business done early, bought in Mandanda and Townsend um, very, very early. And he was saying on one of his um, post-match interviews at Everton that he was badgering the chairman, Steve Parrish, to uh, bring in Ben Teke. Well, look at the results now. I mean, you know, maybe... Yeah, I think we were all too harsh. I wasn't one of them, I hasten to add. A lot of people are very harsh on him very quickly, and it just shows you how fickle the Premier League can be. Well, definitely. Um, fickle's a, a fair word. I was getting go, referring back to uh, to our appearances on fan TV. I, I was admitting to being fickle, and I don't think that that's... I think that's a trait of the majority of football fans. I don't necessarily think it's... Um, it should be seen as that bad a thing. You know, we are, we're emotional people. We're tied very much into the performances of our of our our team so i don't really you know i don't really feel it's, it's worthy of criticism but i do i do understand the point you're making definitely dr you were someone who was you know i'm, I'm pretty sure us in our conversations you're a little bit down on pardew like the rest of us at one stage but yeah. again you think it's too early to credit or do you think it's right right now um it's too early to credit i think uh to give him proper credit because uh 
one one sorry one benefit I, I see uh, that he has brought in is the new system. Uh, it brings the best our players like punching as we play slower, so he has more time to pass, um, and uh, I think it suits him better. But um, I don't. I think we shouldn't get carried away uh, too much, and we should judge him in our next five games, which is against West Ham, Leicester. Liverpool, Burnley and Man City as the opposition are harder than the people we, who we already fought. So, you know, I think them games will give us proper idea if this system is going to actually work. Well, OK, that's, I mean, you're, that's a really good point. There are some tough games coming up, but I mean, you know, what does he have to get from those games for you to be happy with him? Uh, it depends on which game I'm talking about. Next game against West Ham. I I don't feel really optimistic about it because I just feel it's going to be one of them games where we're we're not gonna we're not gonna perform and when when you lose against if you lose against West Ham it's going to be really bad considering how bad they've been doing all season and then if that when drops somewhere yeah, when we lose against West Ham sorry yeah ain't gonna happen ain't gonna happen how are you so sure about that well how are you so sure we're gonna lose. Because I think I think we're going to get carried away with this new system and stuff, and we're going to get carried away of how uh, bad West Ham are playing. I think the players are going to lack uh, that much ambition, and I think it's. I, I personally, I think it's not going to be. I think it's going to be a bad day, but we'll have to wait and see. But if we lose against West Ham, if I think that's going to damage the morale of the players, and then we got less than Liverpool, and if we lose. We'll if we lose them two as well, and then we're going to see, you know, how everyone's going to go against Pardew. Well, go on then. What, what's your views, Mr. Gillard? Uh, are we, you know, is DR right and we, we shouldn't get carried away? Or should we be praising Pardew? I've got to say, we've got, I think he deserves the praise. Um, well, in the chat room, wholeradio.net forward slash chat, Brinsco Eagle has said Pardew has done what he said he was going to do, and for that he deserves praise. Uh, King B, with Ben on the phone earlier, said we've actually been good since the second half against Bournemouth. I think we're wary of that bad run of form we had last season, so that's actually, that season's over, but it, it's given us a really, really good lesson, so we can't get ahead of ourselves. We thought the same thing against, um, we thought the same thing against um, Sunderland, didn't we? And we came back. We, we yeah. did come back, and I think we've got a good team. And, and with Benteke peeling off of defenders and, and scoring magnificent headers, as we're going to discuss later, I, I think they're going to be scared of us. I really, really do. As long as we yeah. don't give free kicks away for Payet to have a go at, I think we're going to be fine. Well, that's, I mean, again, it's, it's right to be positive. And again, it sort of reminds me a little bit of the Stoke game in the. you know, they'd had a bad start, and everyone was kind of saying, well, you know, okay, they've had a bad start, but. They've been a bit unlucky, and I think West Ham. You could say the same thing. They've got a great team there, so you know it's not going to last forever. This poor start, but I, I think you're right. I think they've got a lot to fear from us. I really do. Uh, but just just on the subject of Pardew, just getting to a, a few comments. Uh, now I've got in touch saying that we actually, you know, we shouldn't be talking about it until we see our reaction to the next defeat, which mm-hmm. is an interesting point of view because you know, and it goes into really what. Um, what Tim Green's just said, he's saying that Pardew's always been hot and cold. You know, great job of lifting the players post half time against Bournemouth. How would he react to a loss? It's the same question. Um, and we know, we know he has these sort of streaks of poor form and bad form. It's, it's have we put that to bed? I guess is the real question. And I suppose that's where you're coming from, dear. 
Uh, yeah, that's what that's where I'm coming from. Uh, yeah, we just have to wait and see. Um, when we are gonna lose, we're not gonna go unbeaten for the rest of the season. When we do lose, let's see how Padre lifts the players up, and teams are gonna find out about this new system, and they're gonna try their best to stop it. And if one team stops it, then the other team can look at the team that stopped it, and they can all, you know, try and stop the system. And if they do stop the system, let's see what Padre is gonna bring. It's too yeah. early, in my opinion. Okay, no, yeah, you're right. It does need uh, another plan if the current system that's working gets found out as well. Like our counter attack, yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Daryl Drupp also got in touch saying this is what you get with Pardew teams. It'll take a few more wins yet. But also makes the point says you, you know, not only that, you can't really make too many excuses with the squad that we've got either. Uh, when you say squad, you know, I'm less inclined to agree than, than than team. I'd say the majority of the squad's decent, but we have some fringe players who, you know, let's face it, aren't aren't really uh, pulling up any trees. Let's let's leave it at that. Brent Morgan got in touch um, saying he's, he's gone very mature this time. Well done, Brent. Saying, no, 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 we're going to smack smack up them West Ham Muppets. We've got some damn players now. Cheers, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> he was also confessing to being more fickle than anyone else earlier on as well, which I like. Makes me feel a bit better. Uh, Dan Quarterbean has got in touch saying he agrees with DR. hate it when it happens. It's way too early to make an assessment like that. Hmm. Fair enough. Do you, do you want to say what a quick game said, though, in the chat room? No, you give, give us that. Um, this geezer is talking um, testicles. Yeah, but Paul says that all the time. Just about everyone. <laughs> is he talking to himself? <laughs> Usually, yeah. He's, stuck, he's got his face in the mirror just going, this geezer's talking bollocks. A uh, lot of chat about the, uh, the international break and how it's going to affect both teams. I've got a quick question. Um, will Remy be... be well, obviously, he's going to be closer to be being back. How far away is he going to be from being in the team? And will Dan be back by the time the end of the break? Yeah, you'd expect you'd expect both of those back, wouldn't you? Really, because um, I mean, Remy, we were told a maximum of a couple of months, but you know, with a, with a thigh injury, you're hoping sort of what four or six weeks. Not sure how long it's been, but if he's at the at the good end of that, you know, he could be could be at least back in training. But Dan, you'd expect to be back. Um, but again, there's no there's no. Because of how Tompkins and Delaney have done, which again we'll, we'll talk more about, because how they've done, there's not really a huge rush at the moment. Obviously, the problem comes if if we lose one of those two, because then it starts to get a little bit, um, a little bit more fraught. But they were excellent, absolutely excellent uh, against Everton. Um, so yeah, we've, we've obviously we've talked Pardew. I hopefully, well, I'm sure we'll have more contact in about that as well. But you know, just just for me, I just to reiterate the point really. I think if we're going to be going to be strong in our criticism we also have to be prepared to to look at what he's done and, and praise him when he deserves it and i do think he personally deserves uh, quite a lot of praise on that uh, I'm, so, I'm certainly very very happy with the style of football we're playing it's been really entertaining to watch uh, actually on that nick p uh the, the style that, that Pardew's playing is it you know you've you've watched an awful lot of palace over the years just sorry to labor the point um but you know it's it for me it's a little it's quite similar to how we played under Bruce, you know, very, very attack minded, um, but with a clear game plan as well. You know, get, getting the ball up to Benteke, getting crosses in, that's that's very clear. And it's difficult for people to do anything about him. I think it's, uh, I mean, Padre was quite right in what he said earlier in the season. We are in transition or we were in transition. Um, we played a great uh, wing attack last year. Uh, and the I think the, the main difference is. Uh, whenever Yala and Zaha tried to get the ball into the box, there was never anybody there to finish it off. Well, now we have this this target man, okay, this beast of a man, 
Okay, and uh, you know, I think I think he's actually getting to the stage where he's really satisfied with the attacking options going forward. Absolutely. All right, um, just a couple more bit messages in. Uh, Nick, you got some stuff from the chat room. I'll do the last yeah. couple of tweets before we move on. Uh, my favourite programme seller, John, um, said he thought the latest that Remy was back was in December. And Bert's head has said, Dan has had to pull out the England squad with his injury, which I thought was quite funny. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming that was, that was a joke. <laughs> you never know, maybe he was selected. But uh, yeah, yeah. There's some chat about um, Burnley's Michael Keane being in the squad. He's actually a player I really like. Wanted us to sign a couple of seasons back. But if he was to get in over Dan, I'd be absolutely gutted for, for Scott Dan. Uh, last couple of tweets on the, on the topic as well. Um, Mark Dallimore getting, got in touch saying Pardew's a streaky manager but the right man to take us forward at this point in our development. Uh, but Lynn saying of course it's too soon to judge. Uh, similar position as this last season. So a couple of defeats and we might spiral down again. We might. And that's where the work we've done over the summer will, will tell. But also bearing in mind our conversation with Steve Parrish on, on transfer deadline day um, business we do in January because we're you know the, the money's there if, if the players are available um, that could that could sort of stem the flow of any kind of negativity or any spiral because we didn't really do that last year and um, so we were a bit critical of, of the club for that this time around but there's a new FFP cycle all that kind of stuff so we got opportunities in January to make ourselves even stronger but we do we look a good team everyone's saying it now the pundits are saying it Pardew's saying it himself as, it, as he's prone to do which is great I like that I like a bit of confidence from that it, it's, it's mad isn't it we're not used to having players of this quality and ilk no look, I, I, I'm, not, I'm going to go straight to Benteke on that topic really because um, I've noticed a lot of people saying the exact same thing that I was feeling watching watching that header go in was I just cannot believe that we have a player that good playing for us and it's not just the fact he scored the, the goal it was his all-round play some of his sort of touch and movement was just breathtaking um, so I want to sort of get a view on, on just how good at this stage we feel Benteke is very early in his Palace career but we're talking three goals in five league games we're talking um, a player who's probably still not 100% match fit uh, just in terms of comparing against other strikers, Nick G, where does he where does he sit? Well, other Palace strikers or other yeah yeah yeah, there's Palace strikers yeah. Um, hard to tell after a few games, but he, he's got a, such a good scoring record already, and he's got to be scaring the opposition um, even before they face us with his uh, with his heading ability. But it's not just that; it's his movement off the ball. It's his first first time passes it's his dropping back to to build up play and then moving forward again he's got a footballing brain and which i'm just not used to it at palace it's, no, it's, it's good stunning. no well there was one bit of chest control and he just he just sort of controlled it and then swept the ball across the pitch you know sort of basically um switch play you'd call it he just but it was just so so effortless you know it looked like he put nothing on the ball and it just whipped straight to the straight to the target Nick P, um, you've seen a lot of strikers. I'm going to leave at that point. Yeah, so I've been watching Palace for 40 years. Yeah, you're old. Um, nah, nah. I have to say that, um, obviously, as uh, the other Nick just said, it's very early days yet. But what intrigues me more is what happens when Remy comes back and we've got one great target man there already. Uh, and what happens you know, when Remy joins him, we're going to have two fantastic target men. Yeah, it's, it's how we actually going to accommodate him in, in the 4-4-2. 
and and who's going to lose out because of it? You know, we've got the strong wide players. Is it going to be Punch? Is it going to be Kabai? Which you know, I know we're going to come on to later on. But I mean, it's what happens when Remy is fully match fit, and we have those two monsters at the top. I've never seen it in all the years, and and you're quite right in what you said about how long I've been watching it. I've never seen us have a strike force potentially like that. No, not so. And you know, I, I'm trying to think in terms of comparing like for like because for example you wouldn't take someone like Benteke and compare him against say Ian Wright okay and I'm not just saying that I'm, I'm saying but in terms of the way they play it's not a proper comparison but I suppose you could compare him to Mark Bright um and in the, in the style that they play and you've got to say probably you know Benteke is stronger in the air although Brighty was absolutely sensational it's this so do you know what I mean but we're, we're talking about that kind of level we're talking about a striker who should, you know, with how he started, be talked about in that kind of category. Dr, you know, you're you're much much younger, of course, but um, where does he rank in terms of strikers you've seen? You've seen AJ, of course, and people like that, and Neil Shipley, Andrew, Alvin Andrew. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you've probably got a really rough end of it because you've seen a lot of dross as well. But um, <laughs> but where does he rank for you? Ah, uh, he's he's just a top quality player. Honestly, uh, he's he's just brilliant. Um, he's up there. He's up there with the best with AJ. But uh, he plays different to someone like AJ. But he plays uh, brilliant. I just want to say on Nick, what Nick P said uh, um, on Remy. I don't. I honestly don't think Remy can get in our team because. If you drop uh, Remy, uh, and I mean, if you drop, uh, who are you going to drop in our team? I can't see Punching getting dropped. The only player that could get dropped is Joe Ledley, maybe. But if you drop Joe Ledley, then Punch has to, Punch has to uh, sit deep. And I don't think that's Punch's role. I, I liked how Punch played yesterday. I liked how Punch is playing. And I honestly can't see Remy just getting into the team. I, I think it's only me, but yeah, I just don't see him getting no, into the team. Uh, do you know what? I'd be interested in what the listeners think on that one, of how Remy would fit into that side. Because you are talking about changing a system, potentially 4-4-2. Or, of course, you can go 4-4-1-1 because Remy can play in behind the striker uh, and work mm-hmm. around. But, but like you say, it means one of the, the midfielders working so well at the moment, dropping out. Although we will talk a bit about, about Joe Ledley. And that's, you know, he, he had some moments again yesterday. He's done. He's been brilliant since he came back in. But some little signs of... Yeah. You know, where there's weaknesses in his game, which we'll, we'll talk about momentarily. We want to get some contact before we do go to that, though. Uh, Brent got in touch again saying, how good has Ben Teke been for us? I had no idea what a clever and technically good player he is. And I think that actually sums it up for me. It's having watched him against us a couple of, you know, maybe, well, he's played against us, what, three, four times maybe? Maybe not even that many. But he's just looked, he looked decent, but I never knew just how good he was. Having watched him week in, week out, it really has been, a, been an eye-opener. Uh, going back to uh, Tim Green's also got in touch with that. He said he's also guilty of underestimating just how good a footballer Benteke is. Touch, movement, and intelligence far exceeds expectations. So, a lot of people feeling the same thing on that. And on the subject, just roughly, we talked about, well, briefly talked about England earlier on. Uh, David Cheeseman got in touch saying, yes, Dan is injured, fair enough, not in the England squad, but Wilf and Andros deserve their chance again, surely. See what Gareth Southgate announces. Um, that's not happened yet, has it? I haven't missed that. No. There you go, good. Isn't it interesting that we've got teammates, uh, old teammates, managing England and Wales at the same time? Who'd have thunk it back then? That we Who got, would uh, have thunk it? Yes. Can do I go to think, chat? Do you think, and do you think yeah. with Gareth Southgate as England manager you know, and his Palace connections, there is any more ch- likelihood of Dan getting picked? 
No. Uh, <laughs> no, you know what? no. It would worry me that because of his Palace connections, he'll feel even less inclined to uh, to sort of go down that route. But I hope not. No, I hope people do get a chance. Townsend, I think he's someone who, who probably will get back into the squad at some point. But I do think he's still got to find his top form with us because to get back in the England squad, he should have to be in top form. Uh, and I don't think he's quite got there yet, but he's getting closer almost every game. Um, Zaha, I think it's long overdue. I really do. But there's a, you know, there's a sort of a weird sort of reputational thing with with Wilf, where you know he's almost he's almost not viewed as a as mature enough a player to get back in that squad. And obviously, there's a relatively well publicised falling out with jordan henderson at under 21 level that probably doesn't help his case either that kind of stuff so there you go but i i, I kind of i agree with that that, that uh, contact from from david there uh, any more in the chat nick yeah yeah just talking about old players um bert's head has said he'll never be as good as good willie or cliff holden uh called eagle somebody else has said um jermaine easter hasn't been mentioned he was up there um but they're talking a lot about Benteke. Um, Coach Matt says, let's hope Tekas doesn't get injured as we seem to injure players fairly easily. Um, somebody else has referred to um, Benteke as Velcro chest. And King B's <laughs> favourite Benteke goal was definitely the one on Friday. Um, John Programme Sellers uh, said that we've got a plan B now. And somebody else has said that... Um, People are saying our crosses are better, but it's knowing that the crosses aren't better. It's Benteke knowing he's got to be on the end of them that makes well, it better. Yeah, that I, and I totally agree with that. And we, we've sort of discussed the comparison before. We're, we're both um, going back a bit. Balassi and Zaha were criticised for their delivery, but the same players when Glenn Murray was in top form were fighting him week in, week out. Okay, it was in a lower division, but it's almost like, you know, how, you know, they haven't got worse. It's not that's not how it is. It's the movement ahead of them, and you see that now. Uh, Wilf in particular, with, with Benteke's first goal for us, it was the whole, you know, Wilf just rolling his foot over the ball and then knocking it to the back post because he saw Benteke peel off the defender and go there, knowing that a player is going to be there makes it so much easier to put the right ball in. Um, and that's you know there were and you can see it. I think Pardew mentioned it. There was a couple of crosses from Townsend where. Benteke hasn't quite got the measure of him and Townsend hasn't quite got the measure of where he's going to be. But that will come as well with time. You know, you think you think about Benteke having oh. three goals in five games, he could have had more, couldn't he? Was, what was that sigh for, Nick? You're always making yawns or sighs on this. Forster, Hart, Heaton, Ryan Bertrand, Gary, Gary Cahill, Phil Jagielka, Glenn Johnson, Danny Rose, Chris Spalding, John yeah. Stones, Carl Walker, Eric Dye, Jordan Henderson, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, Mikhail Antonio, Jess Lingard, Sterling, Walker, Ali Rooney, Rashford, Sturridge, Vardy. That's the England squad. Yeah. Is it just me? Is it just me? Or it just gets worse and worse by the manager? The sc- I, it, is it, but it can't Glenn, be. It's his first game. Yeah, <laughs> isn't, there's no in that. The squad selection, Glenn Johnson. Oh, look, uh, It does kind of prove it. that it doesn't really matter who the manager is. The same players turn and get in all the time. Look, I mean, look, it is, it is fashionable to criticise the England squad selection, but when they're picking Phil Jagielka, Glenn Johnson, uh, who else would I be annoyed at? Well, I'll say Chamberlain's barely playing. He got on, got on today, didn't he? But he barely, barely starts a game. What's he doing in the squad if he's not starting? Lingard's played a bit for Man United now. I'm not a fan of his, but mainly because of his Brighton days uh, when he was on loan there, and I hate him and he scored against us in that game we don't talk about. Um, you know, I don't know. I, 
Walcott again. Well, Walcott deserves it. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. I think, yeah, we'll... You reckon? We're, we're turning into an England podcast. Can we get back to Palace now? We've got no yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we're only turning into it from a perspective of where the hell are the Palace players. But there we go. We'll leave it now. We'll leave it now. I'm sure you're as pissed off as us at home. Oh, I've sworn it happens. Oh, damn it, Nick. It's your fault. Yeah, old Nick. New Nick, yeah, whatever you are. Young Nick. Young Nick. Kev Roberts also got in touch earlier saying, why do we need to fit Remy in? He could be a replacement slash impact sub. Pard's not going to play them both. Well, that's... Well, I can... Obviously, that's part of the reason for getting him in is having having alternatives if people are out. But I don't know, part of me really, like you, I guess, Nick, Nick P, really wants to see the two of them play together and just how, yeah. how tough that would be for teams to deal with. There we go. Anyway, let's let's get into some uh, more specific chat about the game itself because there were some really really controversial moments, weren't there? Uh, let's let's just get into those. Let's get into the meat of that. Uh, so Everton's goal. Uh, bear in mind, I, th- I think it's fair to say we did struggle a little bit in the opening sort of twenty minutes of this game, and it was the goal came at a stage where we were starting to get into the match a bit more. Um, but there's there's a clear handball there, and I've listened to people talk about who's just getting his hands up there to protect himself. He's punched the ball, okay? I'm sorry, he's punched the ball. Yes, his hands might have been there to protect him from Delaney's high foot, which was a high foot and a legitimate free kick, but he still punched the ball forward, and he's immediately gone to Delaney and said, I was trying to protect myself. You can see it if you, if you sort of lip read. It, it's, you know... Jagielka knows he's done wrong, and he said as much in the, the post match interview. But fair enough, referee misses it. High foot, it's a free kick, right? So it's an indirect, indirect free, indirect free kick. So ref gets it wrong, sort of twice, in my view there. But uh, and then Benteke's sorry, Lukaku's allowed to hit it. Wall doesn't jump. Mandanda goes absolutely insane. The wall's going to jump from now on. There's just so much in that one incident um, that you can get annoyed about. So where do you start then, Nick P? Well, going back to the actual free kick itself, in the 33rd minute, uh, it was, um, the, let's be fair to John Moss, because I should assume we're going to slate him later on. He was completely unsighted. I had a good look at it earlier on. Uh, not only was Jagielka in the way, but so was Yala, okay, and so was Damo between uh, John Moss and the ball. So he would never have seen 
the handball anyway. Okay, it was a clear and blatant handball. But you know, fairness, let's try and play devil's advocate here a little bit. He would never have seen it anyway. Uh, Damo, he was uh, very honest that after the match. He said, "Yeah, okay, it was a high foot. Okay, but the, the uh, he was leaning in anyway. So Jagielka was leaning in anyway. So you know, fifty-fifty really. But I mean, the most annoying part about it was the wall. Okay, the wall was just you know." I've never seen it. You know, let's go back to how many years I've been supporting Palace. I've never seen a wall ever not jump. Mm. Well, interesting. Uh, a young man called Peter Ramage got in touch with us earlier on. I don't know if you know, have heard of him before. I saw, saw it. I saw, I saw his tweet. <laughs> uh, he's talking about the. Uh, <laughs> he always went on the call of the goalkeeper. I think he might have played at some point. This guy um, <laughs> always gone on a shout uh, of the goalkeeper. They all stood. So what was the shout? Just a thought. And it's interesting that, that, that Rambo said that, that, you know, it's always the goalkeeper's call. And Damo's actually come out and said, it was my call. And you can actually see him in, in the wall holding people down. He's put his arms across, got the two next to him and just stay where you are, you know. And there's, there's, a, there's a picture of him sort of half jumping with his head down as well. So it's, and he mentioned again in, in the post-match interview that he said, they, he mentioned De Bruyne's free kick that went under the wall. So, yeah, I can understand it's a, it's a thought process you go through. Hands up, he said he got it wrong. You could tell by Mandanda's uh, response, literally, as the, as the ball went in the back of the net, he, you know, he, he was gesticulating to say, you know, what the hell are you doing? Why didn't you jump? Okay, so there obviously was a lack of communication there. Uh, and uh, as you say, Damo was very honest. Uh, he put his hands up and said, look, it was my, my, my decision uh, and I told him not to jump. Yeah. DR, do you think maybe Damo's taken that decision because obviously Mondanda's a new keeper and they haven't maybe the... The discussion isn't hasn't really been there on who says what, who does, you know, who who gets the call. Damo being the skipper on the day sort of makes a decision without really consulting him. But you could see he expected different. Um, I don't actually understand why Damo made the call. Because if you're a right back, you'd do your homework on the winger. If you're a goalkeeper, you'll do your homework with penalties, with free kicks, and. Damo's homework should be on the striker. And I don't understand. The keeper should be calling for the wall to jump or not. I I don't know where Damo got this from. All right, De Bruyne might have done it last week, but we're not facing De Bruyne. So why is it that De Bruyne (laughs) gave it under that? Everyone's going to shoot under the wall. The wall should jump and it didn't jump and it was wrong. And Steve should make that call and not Damo. I was really angry. So, yeah, I know, I can tell. But let me play devil's advocate with you a bit here. Um, you've talked about the fact they should do their homework. Lukaku's first ever free kick. Yeah. Can't do your homework with you know, he's never hit one it's before, not... can you? Alright, yeah. If he if he hasn't if he hasn't hit one before, then why not jump uh, why not just jumping for it? Because you can't because end of the day, because end of the day, if it is hit under, you could just say, Oh, well, he hasn't hit a free kick before, so we didn't know. But your natural thing as a wall will be to jump for the ball because if they did actually jump for the ball the free kick wasn't all that if they did jump for it demo or someone would have got their head to it definitely can I, can and that just cost us... he's done well there i, I don't want to argue with dear i think he's yeah. right nick, nick in, the, in the chat room wholeradio.net forward slash chat coach matt has got the answer okay. the wall jumps but behind the wall you have a player lying down <laughs> can I just talk I, about I, I, wait, 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 no, we, I just think he's found a use for Jordan Much. Go on, Nick, carry on. <laughs> he's probably had no, um, Damo, um, potentially, the Everton um, 
would have had a penalty had they not been called offside and potentially Damo could have been sent off for that. Yes, we yeah, you're absolutely sure right. That, that they were offside. Yeah, yeah, well, so watch, watch that earlier. It was so too much in the offside. Go on. So, yeah, but, yeah, I'm just saying on that, on Demo. I don't want to be too critical on Demo. I don't want to go too harsh on him, but it was an offside. So we're just saying stuff that, oh, uh, if Demo, if that wasn't called offside, then Demo, they would have had a penalty. But I'm sorry, Nick, but your point, it doesn't make any sense because it was offside. So it doesn't really matter if it wasn't, if the ref, I don't get where you're coming from. Well, no, I think, what, well, again, not speaking for him too much, but I think the the point remains that at the time, Damos made the challenge and he's gone in, he's gone late in on, um, what's his face? I've forgotten his name already. Uh, uh, Oviedo. Stupid hair. Oviedo. Yeah. Um, he's got, he has, he has taken him out, you know, in, in a very bad way. Yeah. It's clear, clear pen. And it would, possibly would have been a red. Well, it should have been a red. So, but look, we, I wouldn't say we got away with it. The point you're making, DR is a good one. We didn't get away with it because he was offside. Mm. You know, F- facts of the matter is it didn't really matter. It, like you say, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. He was offside. <sighs> but there you go. So, I mean, that's, that's one, you know, we're talking about one goal really there. The sort of the impact that, that that had, and I don't know about you guys. I kind of feared the worst at that point. I thought, wow, our luck's run out a bit here. Um, but very interesting that we didn't really wait until the second half and a re- reorganisation to to come back into. We, we, we was pretty much straight away, wasn't it, Mister Mister Phil Pot? Yeah, you're quite right. What you just said because up until the, up until half time, we were under the cosh a little bit. I mean, they, I mean that we were lucky to go in. If I'm honest, one nil down. Um, it could have easily been two or three because they were. They were coming at us in waves. After when the second half started, I don't know what Pardew did at half time, but he was he got something right because it, it was some fantastic stuff that we. I mean, we opened up strongly. You know, I suppose you could argue the toss that it's what. Why is it most weeks that we play? You know, like the Bournemouth, Bournemouth game, we had a rough first half, a poor first half, and then the second half we came out and you know we won the game. You know, or, or drew the game in that case, but we had a much better performance in the second half. You know, we were. We, that's what led to our, our goal in the 49th minute. Mean, it was some great interchange between Ward, Ledley, uh, and uh, Zaha, and it was a you know that's that's the sort of level we've got to. Some wonderful, skillful football, uh, and it's some great interchanges. Absolutely, the, the cross from Ward clearly something that's been worked on because he was the same player who crossed for, for Delaney's this uh, little goal, which we'll talk about in a sec. But um, but great delivery for Benteke, and it's, I'm sure it's been eulogised enough about all over. Twitter and Facebook and by the pundits and what have you. It's just it's just one of the best headers I've seen. Yep. Um, there's two, the, you know, the, the two factors really are there's no pace on the ball and how high he's had to get off of the ground. It's that's what makes it special. That's what makes it a great goal. And it's it's funny it won't get the attention that you know a bicycle kick from the edge of the area will get, but it's probably every bit as difficult to do what he did and to play the placement. Just the keeper doesn't move because there's no point. There's no point in moving. You know, it's he's never well. He doesn't obviously as a as a little go trying to get there, but it's just from that at that location. You think how can he possibly score? How can he possibly put that ball in the net? But he does. And he was under pressure. And and he was under pressure from Seamus Coleman at the same time. So you know, that, that that adds to it. But it's the intelligence to peel back onto the fullback to so, so he you know he knows he's gonna he's gonna win that as well. Sorry, Mister Gillard, off you go. It, it seemed to bend as well. I've never seen the header appear to bend in the air. Um, but if he's that good at jumping, why isn't he in the wall? He's in the wall. He is in the wall. Was he in the wall? Yeah, he was. Yeah, there oh, you go. Maybe not then. 
Maybe not then. Just a thought. No, but the, the header was, was so far out as well, and it just it just gave him. The, I know we're going to talk about it later, but it, you know, generally gave him the man of the match for me. But it was a it was a splendid ball in. Who was the one that crossed it? It's Ward. Yeah, yeah. Ward. And, yeah, Ward's uh, good game. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was. Very, very quickly, I want to mention on the Damo challenge, Colin Squires has got in touch and pointed out that under the new rules, it'd only have been a yellow card for Damo because it was a penalty. Um, yeah, which I think is right, isn't it? Because it's a yeah, goal scoring right. opportunity, but yeah, it's now it's now a yellow card if they get a pen yeah. as well. So there you go. No, good point. Cheers, Colin, for the correction there. And going back to Ward, many people, we will talk man of the match later, but many people talking about him as man of the match. But it was certainly, it was the Joel Ward of, of old. It was an assured defensive performance uh, up against Balassi. A lot of people saying he's still got him in his pocket. Um, but very, very good considering the strength of his opponent. But that seemed to motivate him a bit more, or at least focus him a bit more. Or maybe it's not motivation, it's problem, but focus definitely from a defensive point of view. Getting forward as well, though, he was just involved. He was just confident. We've seen him almost not want the ball or be sort of scared to do much with it when he's, when he's got it of late. But Friday night, it was just, it was a much, much better game for him. You impressed, dear? Uh, uh, he just played brilliant. Versing the likes of Balassi and Lukaku, when he did cut there, he still managed to have 100% on aerial jewels, uh, which shows, you know, Balassi is not easy kind of drop. And Lukaku, he's just, you know, he's just massive. So you, you can see he was on his game yesterday. And not only that, he had four blocks and five clearances as well. So defensively, he was brilliant. Um, going forwards, like you said, he was he put in some good crosses. One led to uh, Ben Teke scoring a uh, superb uh, header. Uh, he should have got another assist, uh, but the linesman, you know, he flagged wrongly offside, which was unfortunate. <laughs> We're going to get into that discussion, yeah. isn't it? So I know uh, Patrick's listening at home and he's desperate <laughs> to hear your views. But... <laughs> yeah, well, but... Uh, the main reason I think for him playing well today was the fact that he was playing Yannick. Uh, he knows Yannick inside out. He knows what Yannick can do and what Yannick can't do. So I think that gave him a boost. It made his job a little bit more easier. But let's just see if he can play like that against West Ham. Yeah, well, it remains to be seen. He's got obviously got to do it consistently. Uh, Nick P, views on Ward? Yeah, I mean, on the preview pod, we were talking about um, what options Pardew had for the back four. Uh, you, know, but, you know, after Zeki Fries' performances, you know, do or does he bring him in? Doesn't he bring him in? Well, the, the consensus of opinion was he didn't have a choice. It was always going to be Ward, Tompkins, Delaney, and Kelly. And uh, I think, yeah, you're quite right with Joel Ward. Uh, he had probably the game that he's ever had in a Palace shirt. Probably one of the best I've seen him, anyway, that's for sure. And I think I bet, yeah, worth a special word about Martin Kelly as well, because yeah. it wasn't too shabby either. No, that's fine. I just heard Nick say yep in the background. Sorry, I agree. Block, a brilliant block in the area in the second half. Yeah, yeah. Um, he seemed to be everywhere um, down that wing. And he, he made some interceptions. He, he, he just stepped up his game. And he's not taking it, although um, Suarez out, he's not taking it for granted that that's his place now. He, he wants to keep that place. And when Suarez back, he wants to keep him out of the team. And the more he plays for us, the better he'll be. Plus, it helped that we were playing Everton and he used to be a Liverpool player. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, yeah. No, it's not. Again, we, you know, defensively, Martin Kelly's a very, very solid player. And 
it's pleasing to see him also get forward and, and, and assist the attack and various things. And obviously, a lot of chat around Friars yeah, and his impact uh, against Sunderland, but it was definitely the right choice for me to start with Kelly. And that back four, despite the, you know, despite the injuries, losing first choice left back in Soiree, losing our captain in Scott Dan, is so pleasing to have a back four that's still performing very, very strongly. And yeah, you know, the stats back that up in terms of Joe Ward was that was the best performing player stats wise for Palace. Um, even head, head of Benteke even on, on the day considerably higher than anyone else on the squad so interesting to see what, what votes we give for man of the match a little bit later make sure we've got a few tweets in from yourselves on that so make sure you get more content in on there I just want to break away quickly to talk about uh, Homesdale FC not not directly to do with us but we're sort of discussing some, some degree of um, uh, collaboration between the, the two obviously you know been nice to have a, a non-league team and we're thinking you know non-league day let's let's sort of uh, tie up if you do want to check out Homesdale FC and you live in the sort of palace area I think they play at um was it F.E. Elmstead or I've got to work out what that is F.C. Elmstead they play the yeah there you go that's that's the game they're playing on Friday night on the 7th that's of my um my son used to play for the under 14s oh there you go that's the Oakley Road Derby. Uh, if you check out at Homesdale FC on Twitter, uh, that direct you to all the details of how you can follow Homesdale FC. If you haven't got a non-league club, uh, but especially bearing in mind you've got the international break coming up, so Friday night football, 7th of October, go for it. I, you know, I'm genuinely thinking of popping down myself. Half price entry for CPFC season ticket holders. Can't can't complain really. Maybe we'll all go down there, guys. Go and have a few beers. Have a pint together. Good idea. Orange for me. Orange juice for you, obviously, DR, being 16 years old. You're not allowed to drink. I'll be be Um, cheering on Elmstead, unfortunately. Oh, God. Yeah, you're going the the way end on the other. But but no, it'd be great if if, if our listeners can get involved with that as well. Like I say, you might have a non-league team, fair play. But if you don't, might not adopt Homesdale FC uh, like ourselves, which would be great, I'm sure. My God, there's a load of tweets in today. Thank you so much for all your content today. I'm not going to get to it all, but I'll get to as much of it as we possibly can because, uh, you know, always like to like to reflect. Well, uh, that's the wrong word. If you use the word reflect, Nick, what's happened there? Well, considering you're a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know how to answer that. <laughs> let's let's get back uh, let's get back into the discussion. Thanks. So we- yeah, well, I'm sorry, I'm just looking at um, Kelly's heat map. He was all over that left-hand side. He really, really was. Um, 74% passing. He got three crosses in. Um, 50% of his aerial kills. Didn't win any tackles, but he had five clearances and six blocks. That's that's good in 90 minutes. Yeah. That's really good. And he got four stars on the old Squawker Starometer, if that's what it's called. All right, good. Let's, look, let's get into the, the, the chat about the disallowed goal. And now some colours to the mast here, but I think um, I'll, look, I, my view is this, okay? Um, Pat, I, I'm going to actually say this. You, uh, regular presenter Patrick O'Connor was pretty much fighting a lone battle. Uh, <laughs> um, all of us. And he was, he was, I've never seen him get so angry with all of us. <laughs> he said, if you were on Twitter, I'd block you all. It was great. Uh, it was all, it's all, in, all in good spirits, but he's still still furious. Um, I, my my favourite part was when I taped Alan Pardew's interview and played it to him. And Alan Pardew said the, the linesman had said he, he flagged because Delaney was offside. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, exactly. no, not having it. But you know, obviously, Patrick is a is a by the books. That was a uh, that was an offside kind of guy, 
and um, I'm not even sure that's the case. <laughs> but we'll get into that. I know that would have infuriated him as well. Uh, Dear, I'm going to let you run with this in a sec. But basically, this is my view. Uh, the linesman has flagged for Damien Delaney. That is the incorrect call. Damien Delaney was onside when the ball was played. Okay. Um, I don't care if they accidentally get a decision right as a result of a flag. That's not that's not really relevant for me. Um, so. I think from that point, you can say it's the wrong call. It's a mistake. Okay. So next bit, if, if the linesman, I don't know, misspoke or someone misunderstood and he actually meant MacArthur when he said Delaney, um, which I find very hard to believe, MacArthur goes across the line of the ball and makes a movement towards it. Okay. So on that basis, you can say he is interfering with play, but I thought in order to be interfering with play, you've actually got to ha- make, I'm sure the wording in the book rules is something you have to actually have an impact. Yep. So I've you need it. to look at what's, what's the impact. You've got it. Have you? I'll let you read yep. that in a sec. So what's the impact? Keeper's already not moving, watching the ball go in the net. Okay. Doesn't even notice MacArthur watches the ball go in the net. His reaction is, is one of despair. He's let a goal in, uh, and the palace players rightly run off and celebrate. So, that's my view is it's, it's a bad call. It's a very bad call. DR, off you go. It is a bad call because, all right, say he said Delaney's offside when Delaney clearly was an offside. If it was tight, then yeah, okay. But he was an offside. And if you're a Premier League linesman, you should be getting basic call like that. And let's say he didn't call for Delaney, which he did, and call for MacArthur. It says in the rule books, uh, that you have to make an obvious action which clearly impacts on the ability of an opponent to play the ball. Which, when it, the goalkeeper didn't know MacArthur was there, defenders didn't really realise that MacArthur, they were all looking at Delaney. So, uh, MacArthur didn't make an obvious impact, so it it still wouldn't as class as offside in the new rule book. So, it should have been a goal uh, both ways, and it didn't count which two major decisions uh cost us and i'm really furious well there we go uh nick p your views please i have to say that uh patrick o'connor and myself are slightly in agreement with this what the fact you can't that, agree with patrick o'ronger i know it, Wait, goes against, it goes against all the grain i know um but the, the point was was jimmy jimmy mac active okay was there a direct move towards the ball and the answer to both of those were yes um, I think it's harsh that it was, uh, it was ruled out. It had nothing to do with uh, Jimmy Mack. Okay, it was a great head of our Deloney. Okay, uh, it was sort of, you know worth pointing out again. It's a good uh, cross from Ward again. But the point, point being is Jimmy Mack, by the very fact that he was moving towards the goalkeeper, he was active, and so therefore, I'm afraid. It was probably, and don't let's let's not forget that the linesman didn't actually flag for that. He flagged, he flagged saying Delaney was offside. Well, we know that was a load of old garbage. Uh, but in the end, I think it was probably the correct result. Well, look, Sorry, I, guys. I still think, you know, Patrick's even said, uh, watch it again, he's flagged on MacArthur. I still, he's said that he's flagged for Delaney. Patrick <laughs> called it a flawed argument, so I've called Patrick a flawed argument. See how that goes. <laughs> Sorry, Patrick, I, I just had to do it. Sorry, Chris, can I jump in? <laughs> yeah. Again? Uh, so, uh, Nick, you said that he made an obvious movement for the ball. In a rule book, uh, in a rule book, uh, book, it does say, okay, he can move for the ball, but does it actually make an impact 
up to the goalkeeper or the defender. It doesn't because if you actually watch back the clip, you can see the goalkeeper is looking at Delaney and McArthur is basically right in front of the goalkeeper and he doesn't. It, it happens so quick that the goalkeeper doesn't even know McArthur's there. Nor does the defenders. They're all looking at Delaney and because McArthur didn't touch it and McArthur didn't actually get in the way of the goalkeeper, it shouldn't have been offside. DR, I will respond to you, okay? I think the best thing that can happen here is for you and Patrick O'Connor to go and sit in a darkened room somewhere (laughs) and talk it through, okay? Well, it's it's not a debate. I don't don't see it as a debate anymore. I'm just thinking, not dark and room. They'd have to meet halfway and be in some dinghy in the middle of the Atlantic <laughs> and argue it. Um, it. It's one of those evil roars, isn't it? If, if it was an old-fashioned game, the keeper would have taken his hat, cap off and thrown it on the ground in frustration at letting it in. The goal he thought it was a goal. Um, it's six of one half dozen of the other, isn't it? And, and some you get, some you don't. And, yeah, and but, that, but, that's football. Um, in the chat room, as a quick game said, seen him given, seen him not. And he's also said, why aren't I marking homework? Well, you old news, uh, Paul, I don't <laughs> teach anymore. Um, Coach Matt said, Jimmy Mack did move towards the ball. John, the programme seller, thought it was offside. McCarver could be classified as interfering with play by attempting to head the ball. But if the linesman has given it as delaying the offside, then it's the wrong decision. And... Bert's head to kind of put the matter to rest because we need to move on. Said McCarthy himself has said that he was off and made a move towards the ball. Therefore, the linesman called it right. Yeah, and bottom line, I've said this about other things in the past in a joking way to Patrick, um, where that it's it's the wrong call because it's against us, and that's simply it. If it was the other way round, if if you know, if it had been Lukaku who's put the ball in the net and the decision to be given in the same manner, I would be praising the officials saying they got it right. You know, so I'm, I'm not going to take it too seriously. But um, it's interesting we, how um, much debate is caused. And it, what, I, what I just, just sort of e- emphasise the, the real point there is we're focusing on it because it would have been a fitting reward for what was an excellent second half performance. We were absolutely. so close to beating a very, very good team uh, in, the, in their own in their own stadium. Nick, if we lose a title by two points, <laughs> yes. blaming Patrick and Nick P. <laughs> If we lose the title, well, that's that's optimism for you. Um, oh, sorry. Did everyone appear? They didn't, did they? No, no Everton players put their hands up for offside. No, they? none of them. The goalkeeper turned back and it's like, oh, and all the players put their heads down and they thought it was a goal. No one appealed it, and you know, it's not a debate. I don't want to talk about it anymore. All right, it's not a debate. <laughs> so very, very quickly, um, Kabai was benched. Ledley kept the shirt. Uh, I'll just ask one of you because of we're a little bit pushed for time at the moment. So I'm going to go with new boy again, Nick P. Um, I thought Ledley struggled at times. He had a cup, certainly in the first, I've had a couple of dodgy moments, but does what he brings to the team, the sort of solidity, the, the screening of the back four, does that outweigh the sort of, should we say more technical side and, and a sort of out of form goodbye gives us? I'll keep it very brief because I know we're short on time, but I have to say during the pod again, we were talking about this uh, and we were saying absolutely no way would Pardew drop Johan Kabai. It's one of his boys. Uh, when, I, when I saw the team sheet, I thought inspired by, by his choice because he has been off the pace. He has been off the pace over the last few weeks uh, and and all the other guys around him have done nothing wrong. In fact, we've been improving. Um to the point where I'll just finish off by saying when Johan came on on the 77th minute what did he do? 
did he actually do anything? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Definitely, it's a difficult situation to come into. Um, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't say as a team we were any worse when he was on the pitch, but you know, certainly, yeah. I, look, I'm a big fan of Kabai. I admit that, and I, I always feel that I just I want him to get a run of games and start being the player player he, he, he should be for us. Um, I worry he's you know I worry he's maybe not. You know, not as happy as he should be at Palace, but let's see what happens. Ledley's been excellent for us coming in, coming into the team, and you know it's great. It's great to see Pardew sticking with the players are doing well. Um, but I think maybe if we're going to go after teams at home, I can see goodbye uh, coming in for Ledley. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, so, man of the match time. Let's have a quick discussion about that. We've got some tweets in which I'll go through before I give my view. Dr. Who was your man of the match? Uh, my one had to be Joel. Joel Ward. Uh, any arguments there, Nick G? I was about to sing me Joel Ward's song. But, I won't. <laughs> well, but yeah, my man of the match. Yeah. He still hasn't got a chance, has he? He hasn't. He hasn't. Uh, Nick P? Yeah, disagree with the guys, although it was a close run thing, but my man in the match was Christian Benteke. So there you go. You agree with the Sky commentators. You also agree with John Nightingale and also uh, Brent Morgan, who got in touch earlier on. Both going with Benteke as well as Lynn, uh, but she also gave Joel Ward a special mention. Uh, Joel Ward was also picked out by Darren Lowry, Mike Timms, and Molly Butler. Uh, Adam Nye has gone for either of the centre backs and Mummy White Damo. Uh, plenty more where that came from as well. I actually, I actually thought Damien Delaney. I genuinely did. I thought he had an absolute stormer, and I think being dropped for that half a game <laughs> really, <laughs> really has. <laughs> Just he's he's just done it again. He's just got to a point where I thought that's him finished. Bit of well, let's not even call it luck. A little bit of misfortune for someone else. Uh, first it was Tompkins who went off injured, and then Dan's got injured while while Tompkins was out. Have meant that Delaney sort of kept his place. Um, he didn't um... miss he didn't miss a beat when he came back off the bench to replace Tompkins, and ever since then he's been he's been excellent. You know, I think we there. should um, rename him Damien De Lazarus. <laughs> yeah, very good. Not everyone will get that though, Nick. So what we talked about? No, but it's a close run thing. Ward was absolutely superb. And having seen these statistical analysis on Squawker, I can see why he got so much uh, attention. I did have a quick check on the BBS earlier to see what people were voting for there. Ward was second to Benteke, who was clear winner. I think it was like something like 180 votes to 100 or something like that. So, um, but it's great, great to have so many high-performing players. It really is. So, I wouldn't say anyone had anything like a bad game, which is really nice to see. Uh, so there you go. Anyway, we'll end the review with your four-word reviews. So that's coming up in just a moment. And when we come back, we'll have a quick chat about how we're doing in FanDuel, uh, and then we'll say our goodbyes. So now it's time for four-word reviews. Simon busy. Everton overpaid for Balassi. Mm. Paul Michael Dini, Yala, still can't shoot. Shalane Mercadel, Benteke's worth every penny. Theresa Green, team beginning to gel. Yes. <laughs> Theresa Green. <laughs> Mike Brumpton, that was never offside. Charlie Gillett, great performance, harsh reffing. Neil Kite, robbed by the ref. Darren Humphreys, good goal ruled out. Rick Hedgecombe, Positive Palace, Crappy Ref. Mark Johnson, Christian Benteke, World Class. Ben Allen, how do you deserve some credit? Gary Nightingale, Wizard Preferred Clattenburg. 
Wardowson, indirect free kick, fool. Jane Sorby, all is forgiven, Clattenburg. Danny Perry, bucking robbed yet again. Dan Skipsy, like beat Delaney tonight. That's excellent. Alright, okay. <clears throat> Tony King, Ward looking good again. Adam Budgeon, more shots from midfield. Stephen Fawkes, Benteki Class, Delaney Robbed. Anita Suck, unable to watch game. <laughs> <laughs> All are good. Robbed second goal again. Charlie Blight, Woolney's Jumping Beans. Andy Camru, Plattenberg Hill, mmm, voodoo works. Ryan Pincott, all of the above. Hosedale Radio, sponsored by FanDuel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. We are indeed sponsored by FanDuel, and we'll be talking about FanDuel in just a moment. But very quickly, want to rub... Um, Go through the last bit of contact we've got. So we've got, um, oh, I've scrolled too much. Albert Curley, you might know him, said it's far too early to be talking about praise for Pardew. He's been poor for five months of football, so a run of a few games doesn't make amends. He's on the way, though. That's about as positive as you can get from Albert these days from Pardew. And Kieran Lee saying you'd think that uh, Pardew was getting it back, but he's always going to be one loss away from criticism again and also we were talking about uh, man of the match and there was a player that didn't get a mention um, and Joe Holyoke was extremely extremely frustrated that we didn't mention him so uh, J- Joe has got in touch with us to uh, just give his view uh, uh, on who he thought was, was one of the best players on the pitch how good is Pancho yeah I completely agree Joe uh, he really is good and you're right we didn't talk about him much today but he had such a good game it's really thank you for bringing that to our attention Joe so cheers cheers Joe see you later mate he's gone now thanks Joe um, yeah I will do that every week until people get angry about it um, <laughs> just just deal with it sorry everyone now let's talk about um, let's talk about FanDuel uh, our, our sponsors and the source of a lot of enjoyment this weekend, uh, Mr. Gillard. I won a tenner. You won a tenner. You actually won a tenner. <laughs> I'm fed up with finishing 1,315. <laughs> I actually finished. Hang on. There we are. 265 points, which isn't actually my best score, but I came 158th out of 1,318. Um, yeah. So I was very pleased. And it was all about picking penalty players, penalty takers. So I, I picked, um, well, I say that, I picked... Um, Liverpool Chappie. Um, Milner. Milner, that's the one. But um, I had a few scorers. I had Sanchez. I had Reed. Um, I had Milner. Um, Davis is my first pick in defence, always. Um, you've got to go for a couple of cheaper players. Uh, so I went for Reed for West Ham. He, he got on the score sheet as well. And I, for some reason, I always pick Rondon. He didn't do as well this week. And I always pick the West Brom goal because I think they're going to have a lot of shots against them. But they haven't. Yeah. Well, we'll, um, yeah, we're talking a bit more detail. Well, I'll give you some context of what Nick's referring to if you don't know what FanDuel is. Uh, go to holradio.net forward slash FanDuel. Uh, you can join our mini league there. All you need to do is sign up on uh, FanDuel using promo code PALACE. Uh, that will help us find you to add you to our mini league. But also, if you fail to win on your first contact, contact, I do that every week, on your first contest, uh, your bet will be refunded if you have chosen to, to spend money. 
uh, up to the value of £10 for that first uh, occasion. Uh, then each week, if you join the fan favourite contest, I believe that's a £5 uh, entry fee uh, on a weekly basis. If you join that one, uh, you'll be part of our league table uh, every week. And if you beat our mystery fantasy football player, Dan Fuel, see, see it's clever, we fan Fuel, Dan Fuel, um, uh, we will also, uh, we will give you £5 in addition to whatever else you've won. Is that uh, one of the new plastic fibres? Or is it an electronic fibre? It's an electronic one, but oh, that, right, I mean that's okay. more futuristic than a plastic one, isn't it? So uh, there you go. So do check it out, hlradio.net forward slash fangel. Uh, very, very quickly, it's it's you know it's just a fantasy football game, but you check, you do a week-by-week week team. Uh, in fact, you can have a variety of different teams for each event. So you get uh, an event every week that's free if you don't want to spend any money, so you don't have to, and you can win cash on that. Uh, or you go for the paid tournaments. Uh, like I said, we play the... the uh, fan favourite every week um, can win up to I think the top prize is something like 700 quid on that which is uh, pretty amazing I won a tenner myself as well a little bit lower in the league than Nick uh, and I believe our mystery fantasy football player Downfield also won £10 this week um, so it, as Nick was saying it's all about picking the, the players that, that score the points every week are starting to get expensive because it's updated week by week so even the sort of the likes of uh, Capu for Watford who were you know, he was he was very, very cheap to begin with, but because of his goal scoring and performances, he's now one of the most expensive players in the game. So you're really looking for those sort of cheapos that are going to have a great game. You've always um, been cheap, haven't you, Chris? Absolutely, mate, absolutely. Um, seems a bit mean, actually, to be honest with you. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I had, a, had a little go at some cheaper ones this week. Chadley was my find of the week uh, because, obviously, a, a transfer from Spurs to uh, to West Brom. Wasn't expected to play at Spurs, never really did too much, so was very, very cheap and still is cheap, but scored me 40 points this week with, a, I think it was a goal and a, a couple of chances created and all that kind of stuff. It's all based on the Opta stats, so it's not just about goals and assists. They have a big impact, but if you can pick a player who makes you know, 100 passes a game, he'll score you 40 points a week. So it's all, it's all to do with that. So uh, I was let down a little bit by Cedric Suarez, should have known it's essentially Cedric Soares. Should have known probably relation to Tom. Mm. Anyway, so there you go. Uh, we three of us won a tenner this week. Get involved. Hlradio.net forward slash fanjoin. That's quite enough of that. Um, I think that's about it, isn't it, gents? Yeah. yeah. You were happy. Well done, the new boys. Yeah. Really Thank you, Nicholas. Yeah. I've, I've got pants on. Every time that's not funny, and every time I know. I yeah, but off. Nick's Nick's never heard. Oh it yeah, Nicholas. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. No, Nicholas. Nicholas. Oh, girls should not climb trees. <laughs> Nicholas, girls should. If climb. you're if you're still listening to this, first why, <laughs> <laughs> and, and second, I'm sorry. So anyway, do do download the podcast. There'll be a small amount of additional content this week, and obviously there's an international break, so there'll be there'll be no show, and there'll also be no preview show. Um, until the midweek before our next game against West Ham. So, sorry, you'll have to go a little bit of time without us, but, you know, we'll recharge the batteries, you recharge yours, and we'll all meet again soon. Cheerio. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Right, I hope you enjoyed that and a little bit extra for you at the end here as promised in our introduction.
Uh, before we get to Will's question, which is our regular feature with Nick Gillard's son, Will, uh, questions the panel with, a, with his sort of sharp intellectual mind and uh, taxes us and we fail miserably to answer his questions properly. Um, but before we do that, we just want to have a little uh, bit of a feedback session with DR, who I'm sure you'll all agree at home is, is after his third appearance on the show, he's doing really, really well. And Mikey's got a little clip of his highlights. Uh, music out there. Uh, it's too early to credit, I think, uh, to give him proper credit, because uh, one, sorry, one benefit I, I see uh, that he has brought in is the new system. Uh, it brings the best out players like Punchin as we play slower, so he has more time to pass. Um, and uh, but um, uh, from uh, yeah, we just have to wait and see um, when uh, we are gonna lose. Uh, we're not gonna go unbeaten for the rest of the season. And when we do this, let's see how uh, um, he's up there. He's up there with the best with AJ. But uh, he plays different to someone like AJ. But what Nick P said, uh, uh, Remy, uh, and I mean, if you drop, uh, who are you going to drop in our team? I can't see punching game dropped. Uh, um. <laughs> <laughs> that is so mean because you could do that with any of us. If Maybe I get on next week, I'm not going to say um, anymore. Mate, you're, honestly, if you focus on it, you'll anymore. get a complex. Just I'm so, right, this, this is proper feedback session time, right? So, Dio, what it is, when you're speaking without reading or without having any kind of knowledge of what you're going to say, because you're on the uh, an oral medium, an oral medium, not oral, let's forget I said that. <laughs> <laughs> an oral medium. <laughs> something else. After the walk. <laughs> You're trying to fill that that silence with a noise while you're thinking, and that's all it is. So don't get a complex about it, and we definitely won't play it to music again every week at all. Ever. Step so it's on. <laughs> <laughs> so were you were you aware that we'd have that longer clip? Well, uh, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> it's so difficult I'm, now not to say. I don't. No, I, I personally don't think it was me, but. <laughs> that's probably Nick Nick P wasn't yeah, it it sounded like Nick him P. <laughs> yeah, when you're old enough to order a drink dear, make sure you get in the bar when the pub opens because otherwise you won't order it before last <laughs> orders mate <laughs> I'll have uh, I want um, those sorry don't, so listen, to, don't uh, listen to him DR I, I, I will say this that that although that is funny <laughs> and I'm glad <laughs> he did it um, you have done very well, so don't worry. Don't don't get a complex about it. I don't want you worrying about that sort of thing. Yeah, all right, Be fair to Chris. We I don't think we had a single. You know, I was playing the drinking game in the car on the way to work last week. I only crashed four times with the you knows. <laughs> so yeah. I did say another phrase a lot this week. I've forgotten what it is already. Uh, but can can listeners at home, if you spot the phrase that I said way too much this week, do tweet in. It's, oh, it's, it's going to annoy me what it was. But I said it at least like three or four times. It was stupid, and it'll annoy me, so I won't listen back to it. Anyway, Will's question time, please, Nick. Will's question of the week, nice and simple. Who do you want to be the England manager, and why? Who wants to take that one first? That's not simple. <laughs> I'll go first. What? Nick P, you go first. Okay. I've got the answer. I mean, again, it was something that was discussed on the pod. Uh, I think Glenn Hoddle, 
Uh, and if the what's the guy's name at Bournemouth, um, Eddie Howe. If Eddie Howe wants, actually wants to take it and have somebody uh, mentor him, Glenn Hoddle for the job. Yeah, and uh, you'll take it you don't believe his previous insanity about disabled people. What was her name? Eileen something or other, wasn't it? Well, no, Eileen was the faith healer. That was weird enough. But it was his comments on the fact that disabled people are disabled because they lived a bad life previously. It was the problem what actually got him sacked. We were talking about it a little bit as I say on the pod, but it's, um, he, he was... He, he was as a footballing man alone, forget his outside influences, he's footballing man alone. When was the last one we had with anything, anybody as good as Glenn Hoddle? Uh, it was a shame because you're right, he was a very, very good manager for us. It really was. Uh, you know, from a technical point of view, I did hear one story that did make me laugh uh, from his coaching uh, perspective, if you like, which was he used to stand with David Beckham and to try to teach him how to take free kicks properly. With Beckham was that. <laughs> absolute free kick taking peak you're like come on Glenn let it go mate you've stopped playing now <laughs> you know this guy this guy <laughs> wherever he wants it from a free kick come on come on mate forget the mullet it's gone it's not the 80s but no that's not a bad show you know he's he's been out of management for a long time though and that's the only thing that would worry me about that I certainly don't think it, it you know Pardew warrants um I don't think he's the right selection I think Maybe he will get a go in a few years' time. I think maybe his next job, when he's sort of done with Palace or we're done with him, you know, that as he's talked about before, getting the England job for a tournament would suit him down to the ground. I think, in terms of English managers, he's he's been at the top for a while now. Uh, when I say at the top, I mean in the top league and managing decent clubs. And there's not too many you can say that about. Um, who do you think then, Dr? Uh, can he be someone uh, employed? Oh, stop saying I am. Can he be someone employed? <laughs> you can tell me you can get a complex. It could be whoever you want. Arsenal Wenger then. Because what he's dealing with the Arsenal squad he already has, he's, well, not this one. He's just a brilliant manager. Uh, but the problem is, I don't think Arsenal board will give Arsenal Wenger. But if the FA did push, they could possibly get him. And that will be the guy for the England job. I think we're. De- I think England are definitely going to be talking to him for sure. Um, Mr. Gillard, your thoughts? I don't even care. <laughs> That's my that. you're, right. you're not wrong though, don't Nick. I don't care. Wenger's a good shout. Um, I think a combination of Hoddle and um, Eddie Howe might be a good one. Why not get two people doing it like Iceland had? There you go. Whatever happens, you know, it's got to be. You know, I, I think. That, after four games Southgate might want to want to take the job full time um, I think we could do a lot worse than that but look it's I'm, I'm saying weird I'm actually forcing myself to do it these days with England because I've been so disassociated with international football for so long <laughs> disassociation football <laughs> I think, well, actually I'm just going to go on for more but I'm going to leave it with Nick's joke about disassociation football thanks for downloading we'll be back in a couple of weeks cheers bye TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. 
That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.